back to today's episode of Fresh New Shorts, a podcast that offers new short stories from award-winning writers. Today's story is Big Bear Lake by John Blackmore. It's an extra for our podcast series, not currently found in A Physicist's Guide to Love and Other Natural Phenomena, available on Amazon. Big Bear Lake was long listed for the CBC Short Fiction Awards. Hearing the story of a young kid with cancer, a young man determines the boy should have the chance to go fishing, even if just for one special time. It was something his father had always promised, but never delivered. As he relies on support and transportation from undependable friends, his plans to fish Big Bear Lake prove challenging. Big Bear Lake Dan heard about the dying boy and his mother from Jangwei. Jang over his Tupperware, knitting prawns and rice with chopsticks. He handed a photo to Dan. The mother was pretty, even if Dan didn't have a thing for Asian girls. Jangwei spit, bitter about coming over here just as all the work went over there. Jobs in Jangwei crossing like container ships in the night. Where's the dad? <laughs> spit Jinwei. Dan stared at the picture. Imagining a father sutured into the frame the way he'd seen his mother cut his own old man out. Probably not Chinese. The boy looked like he could be a bit of both. Plus, Dan had a feeling that Chinese dads might hang around better, but he had no proof or reading on that matter. When the shift ended, Dan drove back to Gunter's with three of the crew. Gunter had a pool table in his garage, and that kept them out of the house. They drank beers. A good buzz by ten. Did Jang show you that kid? Dan asked them. They're sitting on the pool table and in camp chairs holding cues. Jangy's got a kid? Gunter asked. No, he knows this woman. She's got a kid with cancer. Gunter and Trio, respectfully silent, leaning on their sticks like an honor guard. A moment. Then beers came out of the slot machine handle fridge but Dan couldn't shake the kid. Around midnight, he simply said, Like it's friggin' awful, awful. What? He should get to go to Disney World or see the Stanley Cup. Who are we talking about? Lev asked. The kid. What kid? Jesus, the friggin' cancer kid. It took a moment. Jangy's kid. His friend's kid, Dan said. Or he should at least get to go fishing before he dies. Gunter stopped and pointed his beer at Dan. Now, that's a truth. Big Bear Lake, Dan said. The name broke the surface of his mind like a breaching marlin. Old man always said he was going to take me fishing there. Must have promised me a thousand times. If you're doing this to get the mother's pants, I'll kill you, Jangwei said. Dan swore no. Jangwei knew some pretty messed up Chinese shit. Dan said, sometimes you just wish some guy would take you fishing. Not like the Boy Scouts with their weird-ass scarves and badges. Like a real guy. Jangwei, I'll talk to her. A Saturday was fixed. His name is Jeremy. Jeremy's mother waved as Dan and Jeremy drove off. They had drunk green tea in her kitchen with small almond cookies that crumbled all over. 
she was prettier in person, so Dan pictured the tumors on cigarette packs to distract him from her loose-necked shirt. She gave phone numbers and instructions and medicines. As he walked out the door, Dan realized he had no idea of when to use any of it. But it didn't matter. There was sunshine and blue sky and goddammit fish in the water. Part of him couldn't believe it was happening. They had talked about going fishing like this so many times. He wondered why he hadn't thought of doing this himself long before now. Big Bear Lake, Dan said as they drove. It's a deep lake. Fish like deep lakes. Lots of islands to camp on. There are bears? Jeremy asked. That's just a name, Dan said, though he didn't really know if there were bears or not. We'll camp on an island because then no bears can get to us, Dan said. Jeremy nodded. He kept the window down because the car smelled. The ashtray mounded with butts. The back seat was awash in McDonald's wrappers. This isn't my car, Dan said. I'm borrowing it because it got a rack. My buddy Gunter is bringing a canoe for us. They drove for about an hour. Dan turned off the highway at Big Gar's Big Stop. Big Gar was a cartoon character with muscular arms like Popeye. Rows of 18-wheelers radiated out from Big Gar's hub. Dan parked in a handicapped spot. Gunter will be here in half an hour with the canoe. Jeremy nodded, though he didn't like parking in the handicapped spot. You like comic books? Dan returned and passed three comic books through the driver's window. Batman, Thor, Green Arrow. He kept one himself, Superman. Dan leaned against the door and smoked. An old man walking into the restaurant scowled at Dan. Waiting for the grandmother, Dan said to him. The oldest is wheeling her into the bathroom. He patted his side. Closet tautonomy bag. He waved and leaned back in the window. People believe anything, he said to Jeremy. They waited one hour and Dan smoked four cigarettes while he read the comic. Jesus, he finally swore. I'm going to phone Gunter. He poked his head in when he returned. Mrs. said Gunter's been gone the night and she don't know where he's to. Probably get in the canoe. They waited another hour. Cars and trucks came and went. By the third hour, Dan said they better move the car. Two people in wheelchairs had rolled by, and a woman with a broken leg hobbled in on crutches. They parked at the end of a row. It'll be easier to transfer the canoe, Dan said. Let's get something to eat and sit in our camp chairs in front of big gars. You keep your eyes peeled for a red pickup with a canoe in the back. I'll get us some burgers. He returned with cheeseburgers, a carton of chips, and two root beers. They sat in their chairs near the locked freezer, holding bags of ice, and they ate their food. Dan phoned Gunter's house every hour. At supper time, he returned. Bitch told me don't call no more. He threw himself into his camp chair. Uh, that's not a good word, bitch. Don't use that, okay? Jeremy nodded. Sometimes you just say shit like that. You can't help it. Dan went and got a box of Big Gar's fried chicken for them. Despite the warning, Dan phoned four more times. At dusk, he came back and kicked his chair, but then apologized to Jeremy. He told Jeremy to pack up the chairs, and they returned to the car. He took a camp bag and tent from the trunk 
and they wound their way down a long row of trucks until they came to an island of grass with one skinny tree and a picnic table. Dan threw the tent down. Bitch thought Gunter mixed up the days. He gave Jeremy a flashlight. Shine this while I set the tent up. Jeremy saw that there were no poles. Dan cursed. I gotta get some stuff from the car. Jeremy sat down on the picnic bench. The world around him was so alive. Trucks rumbled in and out, air brakes spitting and hissing. Trucks painted with fantastical promises, hamburgers as big as your house, donuts the size of elephants, apple pies like flying saucers. Trucks lit like giant abyssal fish, lights on their heads and running down their sides. Fuel and caramelized rubber salted the air. He looked up. Overhead, schools of satellites darted about the black dome. He started to cry. Dan returned with rope and booster cables to jury-rig the jellyfish tent to the tree. Jeremy covered up his tears. Dan rolled out the sleeping bags. Everything smelled damp, but Jeremy crawled in and fell asleep. He woke in the middle of the night, but Dan wasn't there. Outside, he saw the red dot of Dan's cigarette. He was sitting on the picnic table. Just go behind the tree. It's the official spot, Dan said. Waking up in darkness was the worst part of hospital. People said death was just like sleep, but Jeremy thought lying awake and thinking was worse than death. Stars spilled about the sky. Dan sat next to a bottle with a pirate on the label. Pirates fished, Dan said. Jeremy climbed up on the bench. You ever go back to China? Dan asked. When I was seven. Must be pretty weird, Dan said. Jeremy didn't know if he meant weird here or weird there. You can see the Big Dipper, Jeremy said, pointing. Dan nodded, but he didn't look. His dad never took him fishing. His dad never taught him any lore. It's the same stars in China, though it's called the plow there. You're shitting me. It's true. Dan ruffled Jeremy's head as he'd seen fathers do in movies. Jeremy's baseball cap rotated around his bare skull. No sense arguing with a dying boy about stars. I mean, China was friggin' way over there. I only wanted to go fishing on Big Bear Lake, and Gunter can't drag his fat ass from a poker game. But you know, this ain't half bad. Dan looked out from their patch of grass to the far horizons of asphalt and trucks, and he imagined lakes and forests just past them. I feel sick, Jeremy said, and with that much warning he threw up, and again, and again, all over the saggy tent. Jeremy finally stopped vomiting and heaved for a while. Dan held him. Jeremy sparkled with sweat. Should you take some pills? Dan asked. Jeremy shook his head. His slight body slackened, muscle by muscle, until Dan thought he might be asleep or unconscious. I have to go home, Jeremy said. 
They left the tent and bags and booster cables, and Dan carried Jeremy back to the car. The sun was just coming up when they rang the bell. His mother looked more tired than Dan had ever seen anyone, like she'd been awake for five years. Did you catch the fish? she asked. Jeremy held up two fingers. Dan left before she could invite him in for tea. He was afraid she'd crumple like paper at the table. Part of him thought he'd drive to goddamn Big Bear Lake. He wanted to see the friggin' lake. He'd been promised the lake so many times. But the car, as if it had a mind of its own, drove itself back to Gunter's. The red truck with no canoe parked in front of his house. Gunter and two guys asleep in the garage, Leb lying on the pool table. Dan sat in an empty chair and picked up a beer, drank some, and flung the can at the wall. But nobody awoke. They were asleep, like they were dead. We hope you enjoyed today's story from Fresh New Shorts. Rate us five stars and leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. The ebook A Physicist Guide to Love by John Blackmore is available on Amazon. Come back and listen to us again.